0: I found that uh, one of the most recurring questions by Christians, believers throughout the world, and the most probably troublesome to a lot of people and question that they struggle with the most is, how do I discern the will of God? How do I know the will of God? Specifically in areas that are not clearly spelled out in the scripture. Whether I marry this person or not. Am I supposed to make this move or not? Am I supposed to take this job or not? Am I supposed to do this ministry or that ministry? Now, what is the will of God? Now, I have met people the world over who confuse the will of God with their own will. I have met people who actually try to answer their own prayers. I mean, God told me. I said, Well, somehow it's just not in my Bible. They rationalize their sin and they said, well, surely God must want me to do this because it happened. Well, I'll show you the false existentialist views of life that we have right now. They do things that are contrary to the will of God as it is revealed in the word of God and say, well, God must want me to do it. Now, I was thinking about this and I thought of a man who was overweight. And his weakness always has been pastries. And one day he decided to go on a diet. He said, I'm going to make a decision, no more pastries. And he said, to help myself, I'm going to stop, I'm going to change my route that I go to work and go a different route because that way I don't have to go past my favorite pastry store. So I resist the temptation. Well, the first week he did great. And then about halfway through the second week, he walked in the office Carrying the gooeyest, most fattening, 10,000 calorie piece of pastry in his hand. And he announced to his co-workers, he said, I am eating this pastry by the will of God. God wants me to eat this pastry. And then he went on to explain what happened. He said, I made a genuine mistake this morning and I came the old route. And I passed my favorite pastry store. And there I stopped the car. And I prayed. God, is it your will for me to go in and get a piece of my favorite pastry? And God answered. Supposedly. Well, if you find a parking space in front of the shop, you can go ahead and get it. What we blame God for is absolutely amazing sometimes. And he said, And there it was. I went around the block six times. (laughs) And on the seventh time, the parking space right in front of the shop. So I am eating this pastry now by the will of God. God wants me to do this. Now, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you ever played games with your head like this with God. Because, unfortunately, that is very common. But then there are others that I have met through my life experience, who are very contented to pray, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That, of course, until the will of God clashes with their will. (laughs) Or the will of God challenges their will. Or the will of God denies them their will. And that is a whole different story. Please hear me right. This is of vital importance. We, and when I say we, I mean every one of you and me, We do not like for our will to be thwarted. We do not like our rights to be questioned. I want to tell you in all honesty, if there has been a visible change in our culture in the past three decades, if there has been something that is so glaringly changing in this culture and in this society... It is this. We have become a culture that is based on need. Need. Our needs, or <laughs> what we think we need, or what other people tell us we need, has become the base and the basis for our economy. It has become the basis for our political system. We have slick politicians running around and playing this need thing to the hilt, saying, that's what you need, and I'm the one who can fulfill your needs. And we vote for them. The problem with this, of course, is that we have raised our expectations to unrealistic level. Listen to me. You've got to understand That I know in my head and my emotions that when I preach the truth according to the Word of God, especially when it runs contra to the current culture and to the current and the waves of this culture, it's not very popular. I know that, but I am going to let you know a little secret about me. I am not called to preach popular messages. I'm called to preach the truth. And I know what I'm doing today is not very popular. But I want you to listen. Because in the last day, you and I are not going to be judged on the basis of the popular message and the popular culture, but on the basis of the truth of the Word of God. But you know what is even worse? Is as long as our perceived need appeared to be met. Listen to the word. Here's the key word, appear. As long as our perceived need appears to be met. At the expense of morality, at the expense of ethics, at the expense of truth, we wink at all of these things as long as we feel that our needs are being met. And this is happening at every level. Husbands and wives, they look at each other and they say, How are you going to fulfill my needs? <laughs> Employees. Before they even go to the first interview, I want to see if you, the employer, can fulfill my needs. Alas, even this cancer has crept into the church of Jesus Christ. The church is the one place where everyone is to serve one another, to minister to one another. It now has become a place where people want only to see their needs fulfilled. And yet people look for the needs to be met. Sometimes they don't even know what they are. And consequently, there are groups of people who are going from church to church to church and looking for the unfulfilled needs to be met. When Jesus said to the disciples, when you pray, pray like this manner or after this manner, our daddy who is in heaven, may your name be honored, be holy. May your kingdom come, may your will be done. Where's the emphasis here in the Lord's Prayer? Where is the emphasis? Your will, your kingdom, your name. And Jesus. Did not say this and said, look, go out there and do what I tell you. No, he did not say, do what I say. No, he has shown us in his own life that the very heart of the Christian faith is not a list of do's and don'ts. That's legalism. But he showed us that the very essence of the Christian faith is a person. And that person who owned the whole universe and yet, he became the poorest of the poor. That person who gave up his job of running the whole universe in order to become an alternate preacher. That person who had no, had no need of anything, yet he asked for a drink of water. This person who has been robed in splendor and majesty from before the foundation of the earth. And yet, he hung on a cross. A person who could have demanded and received the allegiance of all of the human race from the beginning to end, decided to die on the cross and give up himself so that he may save only those who believe in him and trust in him as Savior and Lord. And that is why the true Christian faith, I believe, is more and more coming into a collision with this world system that is based upon unmet needs. Now please, whatever you do, I don't want you to misunderstand me. I am not saying that needs, that human needs are irrelevant. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we only see people in a non-material, in a spiritual realm only. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. Poverty is degrading and harmful. Disease and sickness and death are the result of sin. I know that. That's what, not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is this. If our perceived needs become the focus of our life, they're soon going to become our God. That's the problem. And that is why Jesus told the disciples, he said, when you pray, pray like this manner, thy will, your will be done. Why? Why did Jesus say that? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus knew that if our needs become central in our lives, God's glory and God's honor and God's majesty and God's name is not going to be central in our lives. He knew that. If my needs become the focus of my life, the forefront of my mind, then it will not be long before I cease to pray Thy will be done, and I'll begin to pray, even though I might not be crude enough to say it, My will be done. Yet I know, and those who know the Lord Jesus Christ and walk with Him daily know, that the only true fulfillment, the only joy in life, is to know that you are bending your will to His will. That you are in submission to His authority in your life under His word. Let me illustrate by this story. There was a large cargo of exotic South American birds being shipped to Europe. This is many years ago. And um, during the voyage, one of the birds got out of the cage. And efforts to recapture it in the hold ended with its getting out on the deck and uh, escaping from the ship altogether. At that point, the sailors helplessly watched as that bird triumphantly went into the blue sky, flew into the blue sky. Free, free, free as a bird. They gave it up for lost, and they carried on with their task. Well, a few days later, that same bird appeared, collapsed on the deck, bedraggled and exhausted. Do you know why? Soon after flying away, the bird discovered that there are not many trees in the middle of the Atlantic. (laughs) That bird sought its own fulfillment. That bird sought its own desire but found no rest until it came back to the ship. And let me assure you, On the authority of the Word of God. That if you make your needs and the fulfillment of your needs to be the focus of your life, not the will of God, you're going to be like that bird. You might find initial excitement. Make no mistake about it. The Bible said that there is pleasure in sin for a season. Yes. There is maybe initial excitement. There may be initial exuberance. But ultimately, it is in the doing of the will of God. That you're gonna find true fulfillment. It is in the serving of the living God you're gonna find true fulfillment. You're gonna find your true needs are met. It is in serving and in giving, not in receiving and taking, that you'll find true joy. Like that bird, we are not made for the ocean, we are made for the rainforest of seeking the honor and the glory. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. Like this bird. We are made for obeying. And doing of the will of God. Not for the treeless water. Of this world's system. And that is why our prayer. Our cry should be says Jesus. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Let me just make a confession to you. Because it's no good. Telling you. One wrong side of the spectrum because there's another wrong side of the spectrum. And I think I'm, I'm in that side and I'm, and I'm not proud of it. But it is equally sinful to have no grace in receiving. And that's my problem. Now, I'm still struggling with it. I've come a long way. But either one, whether it's pride or selfishness, both are sinful before the sight of God. And He wants us to be at the very center of His will. When you and I truly seek to know and do the will of God, you know what we are doing? We are rebelling against this modern fangled idea that says that sin is inevitable. Might as well give in to it. You and I are rebelling against the ungodliness of this world system. You and I are rebelling against the error that said that every bad and wrong and evil thing comes from the hand of God. We might as well just accept it and receive it. No, they come from the hand of the devil. God turns them around according to Romans 8 and he brings good out of them. But God is not the author of evil. Now, there are some people, of course, (laughs) who... Have a hard time praying, thy will be done. And they kind of waffle around that part. <laughs> I understand that because for a season I had a hard time praying, thy will be done, earlier in my life. Because I knew that the will of God in my life is to preach and I didn't want to be a preacher. So I would skirt around that sentence very quickly. But there are many people who do not want to pray, thy will be done. You know why? Because they think that God's will is so capricious, is so vindictive that God's will is to punish them for their sins of the past. That's what they think, really. I have met believers who are still living in guilt. When the Bible said that when you come to Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven, that they are thrown into the deepest of sea, that God remembers them no more. But they still think God is punishing them for their past sins. That's why they're afraid to say, thy will be done. (laughs) Please hear me right. This could not be further from the truth. That's not the God that we worship. God's will is consistent with God's character. Not independent of it. No wonder Jesus said in Matthew seven twenty one He said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall come into the kingdom of God, but only he who does the will of my Father will he enter into the kingdom of heaven. People can claim to be Christians until they're blue in the face. They can be in churches 24 hours a day. Unless they know and do the will of God, they will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, some of you probably are asking, well, how do I know the will of God? I'm glad you asked. First, by obeying his word. I know the word of God said... That as a husband, I've got to love my wife and serve my family. There's no use going to God and so, say, well, you know, God, yeah, is it you really, your will for me to do this? You'll say, this is ludicrous. Yes, it is. I know it's the will of God for me not to cheat on my income tax. There's no use saying, well, you know, God, the government is just wasting the money. Look, look what they're doing. I don't think it's your will for me to, and I've got to cheat on my income. No. I cannot do anything that is not... Consistent with the Word of God. I'm obeying the Word of God. Now, I know there are some Christians who kind of want to obey God this way. You know, I'm obeying, I'm obeying. And jaws are clenching together. They're about to explode. You know people like that? You say, is this really what Jesus meant here But thy will be done Us, Probably not. (laughs) But obey anyway. I mean, if that's what, the way you want to do it, that's fine. Obey, Whatever, whichever way you do it. I prefer the other way. I prefer to enjoy the trip. I prefer to have fun <laughs> in obeying the will of God in my life. I am convinced. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, it is obvious to anybody that the will of God is not being done on the earth as it is being done in heaven. Because Satan has been permitted certain liberty to operate in the world. He will be bound and thrown in the lake of fire. But for now, he is allowed certain freedom. In order God, he will give us the absolute choice. So God's will is not done perfectly on the earth, right? Well, what is in heaven? What's in heaven? There's no misery in heaven. (laughs) There's no turmoil in heaven. There's no pain in heaven. There's no tears in heaven. There's no agony in heaven. What is in heaven? There's joy. There's perfect peace. There's in heaven, there's, there's contentment. That's what's in heaven. And what is the Lord Jesus saying to us? Pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He is saying, when you are enjoying the doing of the will of God, not just enduring it, you are bringing heaven to your heart. That's what he's saying. Do you want a piece of heaven? Obey the will of God. Things might be falling apart all around you. Things may be absolutely devastating others around you. But you are at perfect peace. You are at perfect contentment. Why? Because heaven is in your heart. Because as you walk in obedience to the will of God in your life, you know that you're bringing heaven into your heart. You're bringing heaven on earth. When you bend your will to his will you are having heaven right here on earth. The Christian who goes around sad and sour and sulking, you know, they really are an embarrassment to God. I am convinced, I really am in my in my own heart that if anyone in this whole world should be joyful and absolutely Having fun and fun loving is the Christian, is the believer. The only thing that will bring you misery in your life and tension in your life and gritting of your teeth in in life is self-assertion and stubbornness and unyielding to the will of God. Now, I'm not preaching at you. I'm not preaching to you. I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I've been there. Even if you have everything, you're living intention. Now, I spoke from firsthand experience. There was a time in my life I just did not want to do the will of God. I mean, I would rather do anything, and I tried to run away as far as I can, foolishly thought that God might forget about me. (laughs) To obey and cooperate is to submit myself to somebody else. It means simply for me to do what another wants me to do, in this case, the Lord Jesus Christ. No wonder the psalmist said, look in Psalm 40, verse 8, he said, I delight to do your will, O my Lord. It's a joy, it's not a chore. Jesus said in John 15, 10, If you obey my words, you abide in my love. And in 15, 14 of John, he said, You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Well, how do you do that? Well, you begin by making a decision in your heart to live under the control of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, you ask on a daily basis for the Holy Spirit to permeate, to fill your mind, your thoughts, your words. There's not a single day that passes, no matter what situation I'm in, or what condition I'm in, that I do not walk I put my hand up in there, Lord God, Holy Spirit, fill me from here to take over. I do not want to have my own will. I want you to take over my thoughts. And you know what? Very soon you're going to find that it's not very hard to discern the mind of the Spirit. But I'm sure some of you probably are saying, well... Okay, I endeavor to live by obedience to the word of God, to the will of God as it is revealed in the word of God. But my problem is in the areas that, that you've mentioned earlier in the sermon, things that are not really revealed in the word of God. You know, which way do I go? Well, should I get married or should not? Should I take this job? Should I make this move? Well, I'm going to give you a little freebie today, and I'll let you have my personal program. First, I ask myself: Is this consistent? With the word of God. Or is it contrary to the word of God? Now, if you say, well, I'm not really sure what the word of God says about that. Or it's consistent or not consistent. I say, call a godly friend. Call a wise person who knows the word of God. And talk to them. Tell them, is this inconsistent with the word of God? If it is consistent with the word of God, then I go to the next step. And my next step often is this. Have I faced this situation before or a situation like it before and here i comes in my failure i have a thick head and i ask myself that question because the reason i'm asking that question i want to go further and say well what did god show me then what did god reveal to me then because god is a consistent god and the problem is when you keep making the same mistake over and over and over again God keeps saying, well, I'm trying to teach you the same lesson over and over and over again. Yusuf. when are you going to get it? (laughs) The third thing I do, if the decision is a hard one for me to make or is beyond me, I seek the wisdom of pray for counsel. I seek the wisdom of mature godly people. And the fourth thing I do is this. I truly pray for God's perfect will. I want his absolute perfect will for me and I want to be in the center of it. And when I pray that prayer, I mean it. And you better mean it. Because I understand. And if you're honest, you tell me you've been where I am. When I prayed, Lord, I want to do your will. But you know what? I said, but I wish you'd be this way. You know? Can, can you do it this way, Lord? And, and that would really be great if you can do it. Because I can see this. This would be wonderful. If you're going to pray for God's perfect will, you better be prepared to accept it when it comes. And the fifth thing is wait for God. Because His delay... Does not mean his denial. You know, I made a habit several years ago that I only go into intercession and deep prayer and seeking what I believe with all my heart that is in the will of God. And therefore, I let the Holy Spirit lay on my heart what he wants me to pray for. But you know what? I prayed for one issue in my life for 10 years. 10 years. I knew back then when I began to pray, this is the very perfect will of God for me to pray about this matter. And I prayed, and I prayed, and many times I was tempted to give up. But God kept saying, just pray. I already ordered the answer. It's the delivery that's taking time. (laughs) And why, Lord, is the delivery take so long? (laughs) Because God serving His purpose in my life. He is shaping me like a potter shapes the clay. He is shaping me like a sculptor shaping his statue. Because you see, whiners, complainers, and spoiled brats are not going to reign and rule with God. <laughs> so I've got to be shaped in the image of his son. You've got to be shaped in the image of his son. And oh, sometimes that hurts but doesn't take the joy away because you know you're in the very perfect will of God. And the last thing, the sixth thing is this. Wait for God either to open the door wide open or close it slam shut. Sometimes I say to the Lord, Lord, I am not intelligent enough to even make a choice. Just close all the doors and open the only one that you want me to go through. And you know what? The Bible said he protect us as simple and he does answer that prayer. I don't know about you, some of you probably here struggling with the will of God. Some of you probably angry with God that he has not done what you expect him to do or hope that he would do. And you're angry with God and you're upset with God. Some of you are living in disobedience of what you already know the word of God says. And therefore you're having a hard time discerning in the area that is not revealed in the scripture. And God is saying, until you come out of disobedience and until you come in full submission to me, I'm not going to show you the next step. Whatever situation you're in, as we come to the throne room of God, it is my urging of you to say, Lord God, I do want to submit my will to your will. Shall we pray? If the Lord has spoken to you, will you speak back to him, please? If his spirit has pointed his finger in your life will you please not ignore him when you keep ignoring the voice of God you're going to develop callousness and that's going to lead to even further pain you're living for yourself say Lord God I want to live for you Lord I don't want you to submit your will to my will I want to submit my will to yours Lord, I want that joy. I want that contentment. I want that knowing that I am at the very perfect center of the will of God. God may have delayed some answers to prayers that he laid on your heart. Don't give up. His delay is not his denial. Jesus came to the disciples at the 11th hour. It was almost too late. But he came. He always comes our precious Heavenly Father. It is of Your goodness and grace and mercy that we are even here to hear Your Word. None of us are here by accident. Your sovereign will brought us to this place. Your Holy Spirit has spoken to each of our hearts. Father God, as for me and my family, we will worship the Lord. May it be the prayer of every person today that as for us, we will obey the Lord. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message from Dr. Michael Youssef, recently featured on Leading the Way. If you'd like to know more about us, please visit LTW org That's LTW dot org.